Bold City Longsword presents the Swords and Stereo Podcast. Johan Lopez, and Josh Ferret. Uh, we got it's Josh. Ferret? Yeah, not Ferrat. Uh huh. Ferret. No one gets it right. I don't correct anybody. I feel like I've been a failure. Best one ever was told was a nurse who called me furry rat. <laughs> that's that's why you're ferret. You regret right? yeah. the Ferret? Ferrat. I regret the Ferrat. Huh. So it doesn't rhyme. It doesn't even. Damn work. it! That's uh, <laughs> why the whole joke of squash karate, Josh Ferrati. Squash karate? It, it's another Hema meme joke. That a squash on. karate? Just don't even start. Should do I should never. I should never. Talk. This is the you started. I did. We're here with Josh Ferrat today. We're talking about squash. Uh, what was that? Squash. Uh, squash parties. Squash karate. Again. Squash Pilates. <laughs> is that the one where you have to go so deep you squish the fruit, or is that just a weird part of the internet? Isn't that the goal that's, of that's all? That's the weird part of it. Oh, okay. Back. <laughs> Speaking of weird parts it of the internet, who's doing the squashing, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And if, if squash. It's a, if it's a doctor, I mean, it's probably. I do believe. Curriculum. A pillow version of Josh made dinner the other day, or cookies uh, or something. I was following that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Lisa's got the pillow, and now I exist. Apparently, my wrestling form is still shit, though. So, like. Whoa. As you know, as it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you, where, where, where can people buy those? Uh, on, on your pub website? Uh, you no, they don't. Etsy? It was a one-time prank someone pulled, and you can all die. If I see more coming up, I'm coming here and burning you all. That's a stake. <laughs> what if we get them all for cutting pranks? <coughs> you will have redeemed yourself as far as I watch their destruction. We can make, we can make big, those, those big masks from like baseball games and just put them behind the pills. Yeah. Oh, my God. We no, get, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Uh, we get a... Uh, we, we get a, a template, uh, you know, with two or three layers, and then we spray paint uh, the, the Sessy Josh pillow image on all the tatami mats. That works? Yeah. Or we can give them mustaches so they're actually evil versions of you. Ooh, and then you act like this isn't the evil version you're dealing with. <laughs> so, today, we'll be... Eventually, we'll get to the subject, yeah. people. Yeah, squash karate. Yeah. <laughs> or... We'll talk about solo drilling. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let, Lucas's face was priceless. I'll he go, really wanted squash karate. I'll, I'll go in the direction you want to go. When one, uh, one with the herd. When I message, when you messaged me and said you're going to be in town, we're like, yeah, podcast, let's do it. And I was like, what do you want to talk about? You brought up solo drilling. So tell me all your vast and in-depth views about swinging a sword alone. Okay. So like. Uh, I think this is a rave for me because a lot of people like message me about solo drills or what can I do. I, I just asked you in the parking lot. <laughs> I know, right? What do you do at home, right? Yeah. And uh, but like the number one thing that drives me up a wall on, on a lot of that though is people are always asking me like, well, how do I know if I'm doing it right or not? And it's 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 kind of a frustrating moment for it's like you don't, but still go do it. Mm-hmm. And, you mean if you're not perfect the very first time, don't quit? I know, right? It's a horrible concept. Is it? It's like it's Cause martial it, arts. Yeah. Is that why it's a path? Yeah. It's, yeah. Everything's a progression? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seize that boar, Johan. Seize that boar. <laughs> but like some of the, like, 
part of the progression points that I like to remind people of is that, you know, when it, we have multiple layers of drilling, right? You have decision tree drills, you have all this, we have our partner drills where you can start to feel binds, different things. Sparring is just other kinds of drilling where you're actively, progressively trying to do things under duress. You have all those optimizations. You have it where you have a coach, you know, like you or Lucas or Johan are dealing with somebody person to person. You can coach them through it. And a lot of people rely on that. And then, okay, so if I do that once a week, it's a slow progress point. You know, in my club, being the head instructor, I don't really get a lot of partner drilling half the time to work on myself. So majority of my training is solo drilling. Amen. Yeah. So that, that's where I live you know, a lot of the time. And the big thing I think that people get caught up with in solo drilling is that they think they have to be perfect for every action to make sure it works. And my viewpoint on it is slightly off from that. Like, yes, we're all striving to be perfect with it. If you get it down, you know your mechanics great, like drill the shit out of that in. But just going out there and calibrating your structure, your mechanics, fundamentals, and just getting the gross movements down for your body to me, it's more important, you know, because, like, it doesn't matter if I'm like, oh, well, if I have a partner, I would feel the bind. Great, but every partner is a different size. The mechanics and bind that me and Lucas will get will be different from the one I get with you, Matt, and the one I'll get with Johan. Mm -hmm. So there's always small adjustments that are going to happen, depending on structure, size, power, all the other ones. My phone's being a pain in the ass there. <laughs> Nolan. Nolan edited. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, but like, so in that, like, going on a pell, right? So if I strike, just going to Zorn or Overhaul, however you want to call it, onto the pell constantly. And people are like, how am I doing it right? I'm like, you find your perfect structure point, like, you follow the guide, get your triangle, strike onto it. Mm -hmm. That's all you need to worry about, because it's, that's it. Like, you're focusing this gross motor movements, all the body. So it's like, um, a, a way I like to kind of view it as a car. If you are constantly doing main maintenance to it, generally run fine. If they got to go in and get like a tweak or something to it to fix it up, like, oh, my, you know, tire's a little off or something feels a little funny. It's a small, quick fix. It's done. It costs you nothing because you've been constantly doing maintenance or you're constantly working on it. Whereas if you just bought this used clunker off of your lot and you pull up into the place and you're like, hey, fix everything right now. It's ungodly. Mm -hmm. So if you just constantly work on like, bigger gross movements or combinations that you want to work on, like, you're getting the major feel of it down. If you understand the major gross body movements, then when you're with an instructor or somebody that's more advanced that can help you, they only have to correct small little things versus you have to try and learn this whole giant complicated technique to do something. You know, it's like crumping, for example, right? That's my, everything's a crump and it's, you know, my favorite thing in life. If you have a Pell set up, yep. If you have a if you have a Pell set up and you step to crump and you make sure you're aiming off to the opposite side, I don't care if it's not 100%. If you get to your structure point, you make another step and you cut in again towards the Pell in this direction. Fantastic. All right, now we have you know if you're doing that, you have this giant movement. You establish like a baseline of performance, and then right, and mm -hmm. then that's the that's the next step that you can then adjust off that new baseline because you've got the gross movement down, right? Right. Yeah. And then it's just fine tuning. So the instructor says, "Cool, you're doing really good with the main movement. Aim here, which will make this work better." Mm -hmm. And then it's like, "Oh, well, I learned that super quick because you're you're already working on it." You know, a lot of people 
they're just, I don't want to do it. You know what I mean? They're, they're like, I don't want to go solo drill and program bad habits. Congratulations. You're in HEMA. You're in martial arts. There will forever be bad habits, whether you have an instructor, you're by yourself, anything. Because interpretation, viewpoints, strategies, practice, all this is a constant evolving tactical thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you listen to like professional athletes, they're constantly... Mm-hmm. Um, I lost the thought. So they're constantly going out. It's a constant evolution. It, yeah, yeah. Oh, if you're if you're fighting the same way you did like five years ago, what the fuck are you here for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I see it. And I see it when I go to tournaments. You know, there's a lot of people I will go fight. And you know, every time you go fight somebody, like if you fought the same person repeatedly, you see their progression as they're fighting. You see that evolution, and everything's changing. And there's some people you go fight that they literally have been fought, fighting the exact same way since you ever met them. And it's like they just. They're not seeking that progressional point. It's um, so I kind of like to view all of this in a way that they that was discussed in a video about Japanese karate and Okinawan karate, like in some weird points. The quote of it was: Japanese karate focuses a lot on the how, and Okinawan karate focuses on the why. So, solo training is a time for how, like how to do this movement, how to do these things and get a gross movement. Why I would use this gross movement is when I have the partner drilling up to do things. It's kind of the thing. Mm-hmm. Because like, for example, uh, well, we were talking about the glutes, but I, I'll go off of crump for an example, right? Just, just as a baseline deal. If I'm out in the onset, if I do a good crump action and I step off the side and I cross cut with it, I can snipe your hand. Cool. You're coming at me. I can crump. Get a bind. Wind. Stab you. If you're weak, you know, if you're weak and mutate to stab you, you go strong, and I, I cut around into your head. If I have a bind with you already, it's now considered osrisen, and I rinse you off to do the same thing. So you have the exact same gross motor movement being used in a variety of things. The technique is the same gross movement, just different ranges and different tactical applications. So like. Did like I go? Um, Bjorn Ruther has a has an arm conditioning and like endurance video he had out like a couple of years ago and all that. Yeah, that's and, good. Yeah, and I, and I take that and I work it where you do just arms and you're actually engaging with the foot pivots to actually engage your whole body through it. But if I go sit out there and I do a hundred freaking crump actions, just constantly rotating back and forth, and wonder why crump is my favorite thing in life because no matter what, I'm going to get this and do something with it. But depending on what you do in a bind, re- rotation, where did I strike in, like, there's going to be slight differences to it. That's kind of part of the art part. It's like it's on-the-fly corrections. But this is solid. Anything else from this can be worked on. So are you suggesting that you need to work on your structure and mechanics and that once it comes to applying those in a fight, you need to have feeling and purpose to guide them? Yes, I, I love the, the snickering <laughs> that you're trying to hold back. Customer times. Yeah, so, like, so just so everyone listening, like half this is going to come across because we're all instructors and we know these that, these issue points and we're just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, so, and, and yes. But we've also all been those people. Right. right. We've sure. all been there. I, I mean, we're still those people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. God damn it, so much I got to work on. Yeah. Yeah, fuck, tell me about it. <laughs> like, now I'm going to go home and do a bunch of slices. Thanks, Lucas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> So it seems like, you know, the base of our pyramid is structure mechanics. That's it. And that's it. And you can, you don't need a partner 
to work on structure and mechanics. You, you, know? you know if you're fucking collapsing. I, yeah, I think you kind of hit on that. Yeah, exactly. That distinction with the car is you kind of are your partner in the sense that you listen to your body. What is your body telling you? If I just threw 50s works and like my back is like thrown out or stressed, like yeah. that should not be the case. There's something wrong with my structure and mechanics. Where in the kinetic chain have yeah. I, am I coming off? Where am I not supporting? I, yeah. I just went through that with the, I'm doing a lot of club swinging workouts and it blew out my, it blew out my lower back. I didn't realize it. I thought, uh, what, I guess this is just my old, like one of my old uh, half a dozen back injuries. And then I thought I, I wasn't tightening my core while I was doing these exercises and it's just uh-huh. jarring my back every yep. time I'm swinging this way too heavy fucking club around. Yeah. Uh, so like to continue on on that same aspect, Sean Franklin has a great point about this in a class that he teaches often. And, you know, anybody here who's ever had the pleasure of meeting Sean and working with Sean is, he is probably one of my favorite people in HEMA. Yeah. Especially on like these body movements and mechanics and structures. Yeah, he's got such a solid uh, foundation yeah. just education-wise. And one of his big ones is movement over interpretation. And it's a huge viewpoint for me. It's always movement over interpretation. Because, like, Matt has... Let's go with this for a quick second, right? So, Matt, you have come up with your interpretation of his workout, right? And let's say it's to deal with Eric. Yes. Right? So you're dealing with this giant of a man. Right? But you you have your work interpretation, and it works great there. You try to teach it to Johan, who's shorter even more so, it's not going to possibly necessarily work because his mechanics are different from your mechanics to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But it also will be different when you face somebody like me versus Eric, where now that might not work as well because everything has changed onto it. But if you have a gross understanding of your mechanics and your structure, you can adjust off of what you're dealing with. Uh, and that and that's just a huge viewpoint. Like, it's the bigger statement, I guess, to really make on all this is like solo drilling. Go do it and stop trying to worry about being perfect. It is it is a maintenance plan to constantly keep you conditioned and working? Shut the fuck up and do some work. Yeah. Right. Perfection <laughs> is perfection is to be strived for, not you know. Well, but you're seeking perfection in something that will never be perfect. Exactly. It's, it's ideal. It's idealized. Yep. It's and that's that's okay. Yeah. As, as long as you're not like. Uh, you know, inflexible towards the ideal, but the yeah. ideal is you're never you're never gonna fucking reach it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just keep climbing the ladder and tweaking as you go. That's why it's a path. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Jack, Jacko Willis, real quick on the last note of that. Yeah. That's a great quote. Like that guy. Yeah. Where he's talking about he's like you know where's the guy pushing the boulder up? And like the goal is yeah. Persistence. So do you ever feel like this? Like yeah, because but my goal is not to get the boulder to the mountain. The goal is the journey of pushing that boulder up. It's, uh-huh. it's that drive up. And if I got to the perfection, I'd kick the boulder down and start all over. Yep. Because, like, I mean, you, you know where you find perfection? It's when you're dead because nothing else matters. <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> like, it, it's it. You will <laughs> never figure it out. Man, can we start an emo band on that premise? <laughs> I mean, I, you are talking to a man from the swamp and the gumbo. So, like, it's I'm, learn, I'm learning to play the ukulele. Give me oh, God, months. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so... In the the equation that is a fencing match, mm-hmm. the 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 one variable that you have control of is your own body. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't worry about what your opponent's doing when you're drilling. 
you should worry about how just to make yourself better. Exactly. It depends on the kind of drill, in fairness. Yeah. But like if you're if you're solo drilling, it should be mostly about you. Right. It's about you and your body, your mechanics. Because it's a solo drill. The only partner you will have is yourself and that hell to give you some kind of response. Mm-hmm. So, or the cutting water bottle. Whatever which one of the ones you want to go do. Yeah, so that, that's what I was going to move on to. I was going to move on to the subject of a pail. I mean, it, yeah, we're, we're almost a year into COVID. And a lot of people have only been solo drilling. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have discovered HEMA in their downtime. They've discovered it over the internet while they have more time at home, more time on their computers. I've had people call me. Yep. I've had more people. I've had more cold calls to the club right now, uh, just people asking for information mm-hmm. than uh, than I've had ever before. If you're wanting to solo drill at home, you can do a lot without a pell. Oh yeah, but you can do a lot also with a pell. Do a lot with a rolling pin. Yeah. yeah, but like, but on the on, on the notion of that, like, if you are going to do solo drilling at home, go spend the seventy dollars. Build yourself a pell, because it's going to do nothing but help you. Well, find a tree. Yeah, I mean, you can. You could be a, a, a tree, tree. Like a, a, a clothesline, you know. A chair? Your, your significant other? <laughs> Maybe right. not so much on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've seen a lot. I mean, uh, we're not going to go over all the different ways to make a pell. No. But yeah. you, just, you just generally want something... Around the height of a person mm-hmm. that won't break when you hit it. Yeah, and there's also there's also great one of my favorite and I, I like one of the best things that I love doing, uh, telling people with a pell is like, hey, swing as hard as you can at it and then stop before you hit it. Yeah, yeah, and that is the most fun one because now you're doing calibration before yeah. you really do anything else. Yep, yep, and like and like, it's martially sound because mm-hmm. sometimes you're gonna want to stop. <laughs> and redirect. Yeah, you want to you, you want to cut the floor and die, or do you want to stop in the middle? And, uh... Well, the the other thing the Pell does is when you're solo drilling without out a Pell, you're working on a structure mechanic. But mm-hmm. once you add the Pell, you're adding the space pillar. Yep. yep. So now you have to manage your distance. You have to manage uh, what part of the sword just hit the Pell. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I am I starting stagnant? Am I did I even am, hit the Pell? Am I yeah. yeah. Cutting through the onset and then into the middle. Oh, mm-hmm. it, it'll uh, it'll really enlighten you on how much uh, range you lose when you're going from short edge cuts to long edge cuts. Yeah. You're, mm-hmm. You just you hit the last four inches on a long edge cut. You know, it's not gonna, you're not gonna touch shit with the short edge. Short but edge. you can also possibly wind up and then stab them in the face. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, but that's like it's an important thing. Like you said, like when the pell comes in, it's where all the distance management game comes in. So, so I, on that note, if you are drilling with the pell, you shouldn't just stand in front of it stagnant. Yeah. You definitely want to be stepping in and out of range, mm-hmm. controlling your range, stepping offline, yep. uh, adding cool. all that extra stuff, scaling the uh, yeah. the stride of your steps. Yeah, that's appropriate to your, the action you're working. Actually, doing footwork instead of. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Wandering lazily across the floor. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also like, like as Matt puts, like going into the onset and working into the middle, right? Like one of my, I just, I'll refer back to something I talked about, right? Crump, right? Your first action doesn't even hit anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I can crump in, I'm out of measure from hitting the pell, and then my next action has to hit the pell. Mm-hmm. So now I'm actually judging, hey, boom, boom. So this is the actual range that this can work at. Holy crap, if I'm going to continue to do steps. And again, I don't care if you 
don't have to step or not because if you have this main mechanic down that you've gotten down, you'll register that with when your opponent's coming at you. But you're registering and learning how much your body needs to move if you have to keep going. Absolutely. And that's that's a huge thing to work on. Because I didn't. I don't get my I don't have people to go train with all the time. Yeah. If I could move my Winnebago over here and I just live here, like that will change. And you all hate me in like two years. <laughs> oh oh no. We'll, we'll clear oh, a spot for you. We would never hate you. Come over for dinner a couple times a week. We'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> but like but like, you know, Appel is huge. And like, like one of my guys, Garrett. You, you've met Garrett. You, you know this. I felt Garrett. That's yeah. a monster of a human being. I felt like, Garrett from across the room. Right. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Garrett is a, he's just a beast of a man. But like, what I love about that guy is that he uses his pel constantly. Like, so when he goes and he's like, I'm going to do a sword day today for training. It's almost an hour and a half. Because he's using one-handed and two-handed. Like, he, he has a progression of path that he is going down. Awesome. But, like, the whole goal is, like, the first few rounds, it's just to get his mechanics down, feel his structure, and then he's going to the pal with distance, and he's working different flow combinations to stay moving and moving on. Mm-hmm. I, I think that also reinforces the fact... Well, we, we have that lesson progression of the pyramid, right? Mm-hmm. And that kind of reinforces the fact that you're never done with any given layer of the pyramid, you take one out and the whole structure collapses, right? Yep. So like bodies, uh, space and time, feeling and purpose, and you go back and you do it again. Mm-hmm. You emphasize which one's appropriate based yeah. off of what you're working there's, on. There's so much to do. Yeah. Like anybody who's like, I don't know what to do, or, or I can't, I have time. Like you got time while your water's blowing, while you're yeah. making pasta. I mean, I do, I, I Christ. can't tell you how much I, I'm at work. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be sitting there like, okay, I'm taking a break from the computer, typing this report, and I'll just sit there and I'll just move yeah. through, getting movement actions. I'll get up and I'll do footwork by my desk. Yeah, like, stretch my arms, realize oh, like, yeah. uh, oh, I've I have left my lower quarter. There, there's that yeah. opening. Or my favorite's like, oh, I've been rolling my shoulders forward. My structure's broken. Fix this. Get proper posture. Mm-hmm. But the, but like another thing about Gary to go off that though, right, is that before pre-COVID, we only had two days a week to train. That's all we get. If you don't make one of those nights, it sucks. So solo training is kind of huge for, for my area right now, and even more so with COVID. And then Garrett went to SoCal and had some of the most glorious fights come out, but he would never have been in. Like he, I, w- I was in his corner coaching him, and Garrett's never there for me to actually give him advice. It's just there telling him if his cuts were good or bad for his edge alignments. Like, hey, was that good? I'm not sure about that. I'm like, no, it's good. No, that was, that was flat. That's a wash. Throw it back. Cause that's like our club culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like he'd be out there and he would, he was fighting one opponent and I was, I was wanting to give him advice. He's like, I got this. I was like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to let you be. And he's like, and he actually ended up going to win guy. He's never fought before. He's like, yep. I registered what was happening after the second time he did it to me. Nice. And he's like, and I just remembered my Pell drills and I went out and used this movement to gain it. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. So like, it all it all boils down into like the more work you put in, the more you get out of it. And everyone's like, "Oh, I want a solo drill, but I don't want I don't know how I'm gonna be." Time in is time in. Um, I mean, I think most of us here have certifications, right? Yeah. I'm certed. I'm a certed API inspector and technician and in NDE. Oh, non-HEMA stuff. Yeah, yeah non-HEMA sure. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've never like in career paths, like have some kind of certification form or anything like that. I've crawled out of the mud. <laughs> I just kept crawling through my whole career. I have no certifications. That's fine. I respect that. 
But like even in that, right? You do a classroom hours and you have to do OJT before they give you a cert. Yeah. Right. Right. Guess what? Solo drilling's adding into your OJT to get to a good place. Absolutely. So like, it's kind of that. It's if you're not solo drilling, like guy, you're you're missing a huge opportunity to constantly do and it. Yeah. And the other big part is like, well, I don't have. How long do I do it? What time is like? What you feel comfortable with? Yeah. Thirty seconds. Yeah. Five. The next, the next day, do two, twelve minutes. Like, yeah. Like uh, that's how you know when this is part of your life when it just keeps happening. Yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> I have, I have a it. student in my yeah. club named Logan, and they are honestly an inspirational moment for me and in, in a lot of things because you know they have particular health issues and different things, and it's hard for them to be physically active all the time without their body hating them. And so when they first started coming to class. Five minutes is all they could do. And they're like, I'm sorry, it's all I can give. I'm like, that's five minutes. Yeah. That's great. You did five minutes of work. That's five minutes more than the day you did nothing. And then just that constant work and effort. And now they're in there for the full hour and a half. And if they have to take breaks because they catch up, that's fine. But they come back in and they keep getting it and they keep getting it. Yeah. So it's just... And, that, that, and that's not like a, a force of will he's... No, she pulled out. Okay, they, she, they, they, they they have they have yeah. pulled out of their pockets like they put the work in and increased their capacity incrementally, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. So it's like it doesn't matter. Like, don't stress that you have to be like like my crazy ass who would go out there and do an hour and a half of swords and then go work out for an hour. Don't do that. Like, don't do that in your first rounds of it. Like, go out and figure okay. out what's comfortable. Do yeah. five minutes. Do ten minutes. Do fifteen. Shush. I know you. You you are on it worse than I am, and what's, I hate you. Oh no, no, no. I'm quite, I'm quite lazy. Liar. I'm efficient. <laughs> Not laziness. How uh, many bottles, bottles of water did you cut this morning? Bottles of water? Mm-hmm. No, none. none. Yesterday, then. Uh, a few. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, had to, I had to earn my uh, my gluttonous third plate. So the, uh, if we go back to our pyramid, the... Uh, we can you, we can work on structure and foundation. Or, Are you uh, familiar with the theory? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah the, the, we can work on our structure and mechanics mm-hmm. solo. We can work on space solo. Yeah. Um, if we start visualizing what our opponent's doing, if we if we can visualize a scenario as part of our drills where we're not just mindlessly shadow boxing to the air, but mm-hmm. actually visualizing situations mm-hmm. that we are inter- that we're intercepting and overcoming your brain doesn't know the difference if that's real or not mm-hmm. yeah and you can it still burns the pathways it yeah. still burns the pathways yep. so yep. when once you get to where you you feel comfortable with your mechanics and you go out there and start hitting the pedal don't think of it as a tire stuck on a 4 by 4 Start thinking of it as an opponent, and they're doing a certain thing, mm. and you're overcoming that thing. Right. Yep. That way, when you actually come in contact with an, a real opponent doing that thing, you won't have that freak-out moment where you've never experienced it. Yep. Because mm-hmm. you've experienced it hundreds and hundreds of times if yeah. you're putting the time in. Yeah. I generally, I generally, that's another great, another great way that you can kind of do that, too. Uh, and I took this from boxing. Uh, I don't box just for the official words of it, but I, I do correspond with a bunch of boxing coaches uh, to make my try to be a better instructor and try and be a better coach. And it's one of the things about mirrors that are great. Yeah. Is that you're fighting yourself, but that's the whole issue. But like 
you're making a movement. Your goal is the second you see that reflective movement, deal with it. So if I'm throwing this cut in, then you change it and then you work through. Not, not only that, you can see your shitty form in oh, time. Every time. <laughs> and you're like, that looked like crap. That's oh, yeah. what it, is that what everybody else sees when I fence? Fuck. Yeah, no, no. That, just forewarning everybody, that will never go away for you. You will always generally hate what you see, at least in my experience. <laughs> that might just be my self-loathing. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but like, it is it is a huge thing of, like, that imagination of, of, of opponents are different things. And if you have trouble doing that, we have this wonderful thing called all the plays to go look at, where they tell you, this is what your opponent's doing to you. Yeah. Do this. And now you can visualize it. But you, but you have to visualize yeah, it. You if have he to. says, you go to Tog, and then your opponent throws a right Unterhau, you need to visualize that right Unterhau. That right. way it make, your next movement actually makes sense. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're, like you're no, a kid no. in the woods with a stick. Yeah. yeah. I, have, I have been that kid for 38 years. <laughs> I have been that kid for 30, almost 36. Yeah. Yeah, 39. Yeah. 29. Oh, you still have a young body. He's uh, getting there. He has, doesn't have much longer, and it's gonna break. Yeah. Oh, like the rest was, of us. I was, uh, I was like nineteen, jacked, uh, having people tell me like, "Oh, you're too old to get into competitive kickboxing. Like you're, just, you're already spent." I'm like, "What, what do you mean?" <laughs> Dude, I, I didn't find Kima until like I was in my thirties. Like I was already here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and like I have a student, Adam. He found us at fifteen. Yeah, like, yeah, like I'm like I, I know, yeah, y'all have Maddox, and I'm just like, God, I hate you, kid. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm happy they can find it where yeah. I didn't. But like, but it's like you know, you're like, like how my part members of family and people I know are always just like, oh man, aren't you a little bit old to try and do this competitively? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going. Yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna go, and I'll be that. I'm be that 60, 80 year old man still trying. Yeah. May may not fight as many tournaments, but I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll still be going. Uh, to, to zoom out for a minute, though, that's kind of also part of the path, right? We take our journey, and mm-hmm. then somebody else takes their journey along with us, and ideally gets further. You're you're always gonna be. We we are anybody. We're everybody. The Hima community. Everybody's always gonna be strong enough to open a door for. The people who want to get into this yeah. and be a good well, teacher and a good ambassador. But Lucas, yeah. what about the spot in the sand where there's only one set of footprints? Well, that's when my back went out, son, and you had to carry me. <laughs> 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 to, but to also go off of like the path is, as Johan was talking about, it's like a huge notion for everyone to remember out there, period. No matter what you're doing, partner drilling, pair drilling, solo drilling, all this stuff, don't compare yourself to somebody else in the club. Stop. All stop. Like, I have a bad habit of doing that. Period. I know I do. You know, and I have to constantly remind myself that this is my journey and my journey alone. What happened for me is my path. How Johan comes up is his path. How Matt, Lucas, we all, all our own individual stuff. Yep. Yeah. And how we're influenced by these outside sources is only going to push us. So don't don't worry about the guy over here who maybe only joined up in a year and he's kicking ass. Like, cool, that's his journey. I promise you he's going to come to a crashing halt point or something's going to happen <laughs> at some point. We all do. We all hit a roadblock or a plateau. Mm-hmm. Yes. So stop worrying about the guy or the person 
or her or them or anybody else that's beside you. Use their support, support them, push your own path forward. Yeah. Like, because, like, it's only you. Which is why, part of the reason why this, it's like, in all martial arts, it's rough at times. Because yeah. it is just you. Yeah. And we, we I think a lot of people forget that. It, it's it's kind of one of those things where the competitive side of Tima starts to get to be a, a bit of a pain in the ass. And, I, and don't get me wrong, I love competing. Like, I love going to go fight tons of people. But a lot of people get the viewpoint that that medal is the validation of I'm the best thing in the world. Right. I don't give two shits about a medal. I really don't. It, I just want to go fight and have fun. It's a representation of your performance in that moment. Exactly. And it, there's quality to that. And it's, it's a memory. And it's good. And it, it's representative of your club. But, like, it's one facet of the path, not the summation of it. Yeah. You know, if if we're talking about making this HEMA journey, making better fencers, becoming better fencers, we should be doing this because we love it, yep. not to to prove something or to, to chase supremacy. Because, again, perfection doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. We should be swinging swords because we love swinging swords. Yep, 100%. So I wanted to pull back to the, the, the topic. Yeah. As I we wanted to do one, one more thing where we... Uh, we, we've talked about solo drilling. We've talked about drilling to the pel. Mm-hmm. Uh, another way you could train on your own is to uh, cut. Oh, yeah. And Lucas just got a shark. And he's been he's been wearing it out. I bought the yeah. cheapest, shittiest shark I could find so I could learn the most mm-hmm. as I... Uh, uh, and, and you don't worry about fucking it up. No, not at all. God, yeah. I'm going to beat the shit out of that thing. Okay, I can't. <clears throat> Go grab That's the damn sword. Lucas. No, I can't because the floor's creepy. Nolan, edit, the si- the edit this out while I play with a doosag. Grab it. Oh, what's the blood god? Yep. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. Oh. So, to go on to okay, a quick notion while we have happy Lucas over here right now. <laughs> he, he's playing with a doosag, everyone. It's okay. Uh, that's definitely a do-sack, nothing else. <laughs> that's a do-sack. I don't know, Matt's eyes are getting big. My go is right here a minute. Just give me 30 more seconds. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> this is rated as adult content. Do remember this, people. Uh, put yeah, on we're, a... we're that hemo podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Why else would I be here? We established I mean... that in early planning meetings like professionals, okay? But on, on an aspect that, like... Again, it's like cutting, too. Like, as we were discussing, cutting is another good tool to help you out. Is it the end-all, be-all? No. It might be somebody's priority. That yeah. might be the facet of the art that they love. Right. And that's great. And I approve it. But, like, cutting is another great way to mechanics. And you have multiple ways to cut. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like water. I don't get to Tommy very often, so water bottles is, like, one of my mainstays. And the other one that people forget about is clay. Yeah. Go get yourself a cheap blunt. You, know, you can get the techniques better from Purple Heart Armory. You can get a black pincer blunt. You know, any of the ones you want to get, find one that you like. You pile together, like go buy, like they're like $25 to $50 a box for like 25 pounds of clay. You pat it all down into the big optic and you cut down into the clay. And it tells you how much does your power and structure continue before it, it, it starts to disintegrate. Yeah. You repat it, you go again. Yeah, you know, it's just like if you want to work on thrusting, you know, people always ask me about how to work on that. 
Go get a hay bale. Yeah. yeah, if you have the space to do it, obviously. Soak that, son of a bitch. And stab in. You'll also find that all of a sudden your whines don't happen when you stab something and try to whine. Like you see in tournament footage, and you're like, oh, wait. That's not how that works. You, you see your sword twist in a way that's just really not comfortable to watch. <laughs> uh, thank God that was a really cheap sword. Did you break one doing that? Uh, it never went back proper. Uh, uh, is that because you sunk the point? Yeah, and, so, then, and then wound, yep. and it was bound up. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I uh, I had broken a fetter, one of many. That's another podcast story. <laughs> uh, but I noticed, like, how it broke, it, it more, like, looked like it, it torqued and <laughs> broke, like, a gnat. And what I was doing is I was landing a thrust that gives that bind on the end of it, and then I'm twisting, and it's just constantly twisting and torquing on that blade. So, to help train myself out of it, or what can this do, hay bale, stab into it, twist, oh god, that's not good. Which just helped me surmise this is what, how this broke. But so it's like, oh, I gotta get here, get to position, and then stab in. Okay. So it changes some of your understanding of mechanics and movement. But it's like, it's a visual, uh, uh, like a visceral uh, sense of the right thing to do. Right. You can't ignore it past that. The rules are illuminated and you're no longer able to go back to your previous right. horse shit. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and the same thing with the Pell, uh, when you're cutting, once you work on your structure and your mechanics and you get that suited out, you're comfortable, you can start working on your space. You can start from further away from the bottle or the clay yeah. and, you know, cut through the onset into the middle, middle and then, and then abzug out. Yeah. And you can you can also visualize what this cut's supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. You know, like so like why am I throwing this thwart? Why am I throwing this crump? So now not only are you throwing it for the proper reason, but then you can see if your edge alignment and structure was on base oh, yeah. as you're throwing it. Mm -hmm. As a person who does cutting and I feel like this is a responsible thing to tell everybody, don't start with the giant gross movements with your sharp. Right, <laughs> right. Start, start like, get your position, understand your mechanics to cut first. Yep. Do all these, do, be smart. Don't rush into it with a, with a sharp object and you're not sure of everything. As you feel comfortable, you feel 100%, then do it. If you've solo drilled this one movement constantly, you've now worked into distance on your pedal constantly, and you feel really sound and all that, then go through with it slow with the sharp and make sure you end at your point, and then you can try to move the speed. Mm-hmm. Remember that cutting's a different game. So, like, even if you've been, you know, practicing and and sparring for years, and like you've, you're just getting into cutting now, don't feel like you're above lining up and throwing a controlled overhead. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's yeah. a new. You're building a new body, a you, new foundation. You want to come to it with that beginner's mindset, right? Yeah. Be, because it's it's not what you've been training before. Could we just say that as a blanket rule for everything? Right. I mean, I right. tried to. <laughs> right, right. Every, I, mean, I mean, it's also like when you travel around, you go to another person's house. Do you walk in and think you're just going to own everything, or do you sit back and you wait to understand? I do typically the open the refrigerator without asking, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I don't know why I do it. Because it's Southern tradition. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm here. Let me fucking eat. <laughs> well, you can tell a lot about a person by what's in their fridge. That's true. Also true. Also, their medicine cabinet. I mean, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Uh, ignore Matt <laughs> on that. You just gotta be quiet. <laughs> All the toilets not finished flushing. You have that much time. 
on on that note, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, Please train at home and look at other people's prescriptions. Balls, balls, balls. (laughs) Y'all have a good one, guys. This episode of Swords and Stereo was produced by Final Plank Media Productions. Theme song for Swords and Stereo is Thunderer by Professor Agma. Check him out too. To find out more about Bold City Longsword, visit their website at jacksonvillehema.com. To find more Final Plank Media produced podcasts, visit finalplank.com or visit us at Final Plank on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening.